0: starting in verse number one. Sorry verse number one, he says, "O oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom He hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy." and gathered them out of the lands from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south. They wandered in the wilderness in a solitary way. They found no city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted in them. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them out of their distress. And he led them forth by the right way, that they might go to a city, of habitation, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men, for he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness, such as sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, being bound in affliction and iron because they rebelled against the words of God and contemned uh, the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he brought down their heart with labor. They fell down, and there was none to help. Then they cried unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. And he brought them out of the darkness and the shadow of the death, and brake their bands in sunder. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. For he hath broken the gates of brass and cut the bars of iron in sunder. Fools, because of their transgressions and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them, and delivered them from their destructions. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness, and for his wonderful works to the children of men, and let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving, and declare his works with rejoicing, that they go down to the sea in ships that do business in great waters. These see the wa- uh, these see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep, for he commandeth and raiseth the stormy wind, which lifteth up the waves thereof. They mount up to the heaven, they go down again to the depths, their soul is um, their soul is melted because of trouble; they reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man, and they are and are at the and at their wit's end. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and He bringeth them out of their distresses. He maketh a storm a calm, so that the so that the waves thereof are still. Then are they glad because they be quiet, so he bringeth them unto their desired haven. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Let them exalt him also in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. He turneth the rivers into a wilderness and the water springs into dry ground, a fruitful land into barrenness for the wickedness of them that dwell therein. He turneth the wilderness into a standing water and dry ground in the water springs. And there he maketh the hungry to dwell that they may prepare a city for habitation and sow the fields and plant vineyards which may yield fruits of increase. He blessed them also so that they are multiplied greatly and suffereth not uh, their cattle to decrease. Again, they are minished and brought low through uh, oppression, affliction, and sorrow. He poureth contempt upon princes and causeth them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way. Yet setteth he the poor on high from affliction yet he setteth he the poor on high from affliction and maketh him families like a flock the righteous shall see it and rejoice and all iniquity shall stop her mouth whoso is wise and will observe these things even they shall understand the loving kindness of the Lord. Let's pray. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that you be with us here this evening. I know that some heavy things upon our hearts was lifted up before we opened up this word and we present those things to you even here this evening. We understand that you alone are the great physician and that you alone can deliver and you alone call your children home. But in the meantime, Lord, I pray that you are a heavenly father. And I know if my son was hurting, I would run to him and wrap his arms around him and give him the comfort that I could. And that is our request from you this evening as our heavenly father. In this moment, in this time of trouble, our request is that you will draw your children close to them and give them the comfort that only you can give them. We give thanks to you for all that you've done in Jesus' name. Amen. Raising kids is a is a blessing, but nothing can make you up more upset with your children than when your children have a spirit of ingratitude. (laughs) When a a kid goes from thankful that they have something to start acting like they deserve something and so much more, nothing can bring their parents to a wit's end in such a, a spirit as that. Well, there is nothing more shameful in the Christian life when Christians stop praising the Lord. There's nothing more shameful in a believer's life when they stop being thankful for all that God has done. Scripture reminds us that we ought to be thankful as children of God. We sing songs like, count your many blessings and name them one by one. But truth be told, if we was to sit down and Survey our lives about all the times that God has blessed us. It would be impossible for us to name all the blessings from God that we have experienced. But even more, we realize just how, it's hard to realize at times just how good God is to us. But understand that the spirit of ingratitude, the spirit of ingratitude is a troubling time, but yet it is a time which is definitely on the horizon for believers. And we know that because when Paul wrote to Timothy in Second Timothy chapter 3 in verses 1 and 2, he said, this also know that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents." unthankful, and unholy. There is coming an age and a time in which God's people will just forget how good God has been to them. Psalm 107 combats such a mindset. Psalm 107 lays the axe to the root that you could ever get through life without giving God his due thanks and his do praise. Four times in this psalm, the psalmist reminds us in verses 8 and verse 15 and verse 21 and verse number 31, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Now, all through this psalm, we understand that the psalmist wrote this, but it was through the moving of the Holy Spirit. And here he has given us the reminders where we can look in our lives and see God's goodness. And these statements that's given to us four different times is given to us after a statement that the psalmist makes in which he surveyed the believer's life and drawn an illustration about how God has been good to his people. Verse number one. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. What does he say here? Why do we give thanks to the Lord? Where is he good? Is that His mercy endureth forever. Your first reason that you should give thanks to the Lord is that God is not like you. That the Lord is not like you. I don't know if you're like this. Maybe you're a a way higher, nobler parent than I am. But I have at times told my kids that I'm at my wit's end dealing with them and that I can't take much more of the redundancy of things that they're doing that I've told them not to do. And at times they have pushed me to a limit where I have in my human nature acted in a manner in which I should not have. But what the psalmist says here in Psalm 107 in verse 1, that it is good to give thanks unto the Lord, because just as our disobedient kids push us to a place where we shouldn't be, we can never push the Lord to that place because his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord that he is patient. Oh, give thanks to the Lord that his mercy endureth forever, that his mercy never diminishes towards his people. Even more, he says in verse number two that he will give the believers a part in this psalm. Now, understand, you have a part in what the psalmist is saying here. Yeah, verses 8, verses 15, verses 21 and 31 call for the children of God to give thanks and give praise unto the Lord, but he starts off in verse number 2, enlisting all of the redeemed to praise the Lord. He said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. This is calling for the psalmist, he's talking to you, he's talking to us, he's saying that there ought to be some believers, there ought to be some people who have been redeemed by the hand of God who ought to be able to say so, meaning say that God has been merciful to me, that God has been good to me, that God has poured out his love and kindness upon me. He said, let some of the redeemed say so. So, who is this redeemed? It is those whom he hath redeemed out of the hand of the enemy. Listen, the psalmist is talking to you so soteriologically here. Now, that's just a, a big word, but he's saying he's talking to you about your salvation. He said, let the redeemed of the Lord say, so whom he hath redeemed out of the hand of the enemy. Now, Listen, the psalmist could have came at this and said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so, whom he has delivered out of the hand of the enemy. Surely the Lord has delivered us out of the hand of the enemy. But the under, the under psalmist understands in order for you to be delivered there had to be a price that was paid. That's what the word redeemed means. When you redeem something, that means something was paid to bring it back to you. And what the psalmist is saying, let the redeemed of the Lord say, something. Whom hath redeemed you out of the hand of the enemy. The psalmist is saying is that I was once in the hand of the prince and the power of the earth. I was once in the hand of the devil. That's where I once dwelt. But I was redeemed by the cross of Calvary through the shedded blood of Jesus Christ. Through God sending his son. I was redeemed. He said, let the redeemed of the Lord say so that God has been good to us just like that songwriter said, I had a debt that I could not pay. He paid a debt that he did not owe. I needed someone to wash away my sins. but now I sing a brand new song, Amazing grace, all day long, Christ Jesus paid a debt that I could never pay. The psalmist knows what it takes for a man to be saved from their sins. So let the redeemed say so. Let the redeemed say that God's been good. Let the redeemed praise the Lord. But the psalmist again moves. In verses 3 through 6, he reminds the people of God of the days in which they were wandering in the wilderness. He said, oh, remember the days in which you were in trouble and I delivered you. Remember the days in which you were hungry and I fed you. Remember when you had no city to dwell in and I gave you a habitation. Remember all of those years, 40 long years, and I led you every step of the way and you never once ran out of food and never once did you read about or hear about somebody dying of thirst and never once did somebody ever run out of a a pair of shoes and as the psalmist lays out he's going into the memory banks for God's people he after he lays all of that out in verses three through six and seven he comes back and says Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. Now, Listen, he's calling basically for the people of God to go in the memory banks of their life. Listen, maybe you can testify at a time in your life where you are financially now in a good place, but you ain't always been in a good place financially. You faced some hard times in your life. You faced some struggles in your life. The psalmist says, go back in your mind and think about those times when you just didn't know how you was ever going to make it and just praise the Lord because you never went thirsty and praise the Lord because you never were hungry and praise the Lord because your kids kept shoes on their feet. All that God's people will just praise the Lord for his goodness. Then he goes on even more. He's not done drawing illustrations for praising the Lord. Verses nine through 15, the Psalmist says, Remember what it was like to want to have your heart and the longing of your heart satisfied. Remember how he gave the hunger and soul goodness in the time of need. Then he begins to write about the time in which Israel fell into sin and they fell into captivity and they found themselves enslaved. And he goes on to say there in verse 13, in 12 and 13, and there was absolutely none to help you. That's exactly where you found yourself after the Lord redeemed you, after He sustained you, and you turned around and chose to sin. And after you fell into sin, you fell into captivity, you fell into bondage, you fell into oppression. But then what happened? You cried out unto the Lord. And what does this text say? And he broke the bands of those who held him captive and indeed he showed up on the scene and rescued you and indeed he showed up and delivered you out of bondage after he redeemed you after he took care of you after you chose to sin you cried out to him and he still showed up on the scene for you and then he goes back to verse 15 oh that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men Every time he turns around it is the pain and image <laughs> how many times have since we've been saved how many times since God has taken care of you how many times since the Lord has delivered us have you turned around and found yourself in a situation where the Lord you've cried out to the Lord and he still came to your aid in verse 17 through 22 the psalmist says Remember that how that even after that, even after you failed the Lord and he delivered you, even after he redeemed you, even after he supplied for you, even after that time in which you guys fell into sin and went in captivity and you was delivered. Remember, even after that again, you fell back into sin. That's what verses 17 through 22 really begins to paint. As matter of fact, this time it was all the worse. He, he draws us here to the wilderness journey. He said there in verse number 18, verse 17, he said, The fools, because of their tra- transgressions and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorreth all manner of meat, and they draw near unto the gates of death, you, Not only did the Lord supply for you, but now you're complaining how the Lord supplied for you. The word abhor means to hate. His people had begun to hate the supply that the Lord had even given them. All the way to the place where he said that they had drawn near unto the gates of death. And while they were there at the gates of death, and there while they was laying in those distresses, then verse 19 says, then they cried again unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. It was their destruction. It was their decisions. It was their complaints. And yet he arrived on the scene and delivered them again. And then he comes back and say, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. And again, Verse 21, and let them sacrifice the sacrifice of thanksgiving and declare his works with rejoicing. Hear me on what the psalmist is saying here. The psalmist said, you remember those days where you've cried out to the Lord, after he already redeemed you, after he already heard you cry the last time and the time before that, after he already came and supplied you the needs that you wanted, and you complained about the supplies that he gave you, forsaking the fact that he actually already met your needs, but you just don't like the way in which he met your needs because you had a better image in your mind painted, and you went down that bad road and you cried out, and he again came to your aid see the psalmist is looking for some testifiers he's bringing it back to our mind that he's painting again and again to the reader and to the hearer about how unfaithful we are to god how we lack at every turn after he delivers us after he takes care of us after he gives us aid after he brings us through dark times we fail we fail we fail but yet he says we ought to praise God because even though we are great successes at failing when we turn to God and cry out he always comes to his children's aid oh that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and his wonderful works to the children Of men, This is the kind of Lord we serve, that he even delivers us even after the foolishness of ungrateful hearts. Even after we complain on him, he hears us and helps us, and then helps us again, and then ends our captivity. And after delivering us again, we complain on him again, and he brings us nigh when we cry out to him. Oh, if we cannot see the loving kindness of the Lord we are blind to the realities of our unfaithfulness verses 23 through 32 now some say that this portion is prophetic speaking of the day in which the disciples went out to the sea with the lord they they listen the disciples had just witnessed the miracle of the feeding of the 5000 they had just seeing what the lord had done with the demoniac they had just seen what the lord had done with Jairus's daughter but hear me in the midst of all of this working the apostles were not amazed anymore They weren't amazed by the, by the Lord working. They, they weren't amazed. Matter of fact, when you, when you get to Mark chapter six about this text, I don't know if you have a study Bible, but it speaks there about the delivering of the storms. But when you get to Mark chapter six, The reason that they had, that it says that they weren't amazed anymore about the healings and about the feedings is because they have lost the wonder. But it says there that that day out there on the ship, that that day when they were cried out as the ship was lifted up and brought down and they cried out and the Lord stood up and said, Peace, be still. The Bible says that they looked upon him amazed and wondered. What he's trying to say to to us, the the situation that he's uh, painting for us here in our lives is that it's dangerous for a child of God who, who becomes so used to God meeting our needs. We're, we're so used to the Lord taking care of us. We, we find a comfort zone. Well, I belong to the Lord that he, He's going to take care of us. But then we get caught up in a storm in our life because of our own carelessness. Because of our own callousness to the Lord. And the Lord allows us to go into a storm. And when we go into the storm, He then again, when we cry out to Him, shows up again and brings peace and the greatest storms in our life, and the wonder is restored about who is this man named Jesus that we serve. We go through troubles, but no matter how big the storm is in our life, I love the imagery painted here in verses 23 through 32 because he says these are great ships. I mean, this is a huge ship that would have been upon the sea. They would have been in a little John boat but they was in a great ship going across the sea and then they experienced a great storm that brought the ship up to the heavens and they cried aloud but even in this situation the lord would bring peace in their lives and the psalmist would end all of this by saying in verse 31 oh that men would praise the lord for his goodness And for his wonderful works to the children of men. The storms that you didn't think you was going to make through in your life. Maybe you've had some of those storms that you faced in your spiritual journey where you just didn't know how you was going to end up on the other side of it. You was broken. and God showed up on the scene. The Lord showed up on the scene and brought you through. And you have become so callous that he brought you through that you haven't even looked back and thought about the time in which you were greatly troubled in your life in the Lord showed up. The psalmist is calling for the reader and the hearer to reflect in your life about the time that you faced a great trouble And the Lord showed up. And when he handled it, he handled it better than 100,000 men could have handled it. And you sat there. Remember those days when he shows up on the scene in our life? And it's so powerful. And it's so apparent that it's him. And all we can do is sit back and marvel and wonder about how amazing the Lord has been to us. He says, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. And for his wonderful works to the children of men. Verses 33, really to the end of the chapter, he seeks to remind the reader, the hearer, about the power of God. He said in verse 33 that the Lord we serve, that the one we serve, he turneth the rivers. Into a wilderness. Now just think about that. If you showed up tomorrow crossing a bridge. And you look down at the Ohio River. And it was turned into a wilderness. And the water springs. Into dry ground. The Lord we serve can take a fruitful land. And turn it into a barrenness. For the wicked of them. That dwell therein. He can turn the wilderness into standing water and dry ground into water springs. He maketh the hungry to dwell. He prepareth the habitation for those who don't have it. And by the way, and he can sow the fields. He can sow the fields. And he can plant the vineyards which may yield fruits of increase. He blesseth them so that they are multiplied greatly and suffereth not their cattle to decrease. The Lord is sovereignly in control. He doesn't, he he could, if he so chooses to plant his own vineyard, he could plant his own thing. He can raise his own crops. He can stop the cattle from dying. He can give increase. He can bring water in your desert. He can bring a desert to your flood. He is sovereignly in control. But in verses 39 through 43, he wants to make this last part clear. No matter where you are in life and no matter what you're facing and no matter what troubles are upon you, he said, again, they are minished and brought low through oppression, affliction, and sorrow. He poureth contempt upon princes and causeth them to wander in the wilderness where there is no way he setteth the poor on high from affliction and maketh him families like a flock the righteous shall see it and rejoice and all iniquity shall stop her mouth whoso is wise and will observe these things even they shall understand the loving kindness Of the Lord. Verses 39 through 42 explains to all of us that deliverance only comes from one place, and that's from the Lord. It doesn't matter whether it's physical, deliverance comes from the Lord. It doesn't matter whether it's spiritual, deliverance comes from the Lord. It doesn't matter whether it's a matter of faith, deliverance comes from the Lord. It all comes. From the Lord. This is what we must understand. It all is from the Lord. In Him is no limitations at all but Psalms 107 says sit down and reflect in your life and let me give you some examples about in your for your own life to reflect upon about how you failed God and he still showed up for you. About times where you didn't think you was going to make it and you made it. About times where you thought it was all coming to an end and he still showed up. Matter of fact, what about the times in which you couldn't help yourself and no one could help you and he showed up on the scene and redeemed you. And when you were scattered abroad and I gathered you all together. When you had no home and I gave you a home. When you was looking for a habitation and I showed you your habitation. When you were hungry, I fed you. When you were thirsty, I I fed you. When you had longings of your soul, I satisfied you. When you felt afflicted, I comforted you. When people, when it seemed like you were held captive, I showed up on the scene and broke the iron chains of the enemy. But all All of this happened when you got serious and cried unto me. And then I showed up on the scene. But you know what's beautiful about Psalm 107? Every time the psalmist says, then they cried unto the Lord, it says, and the Lord answered.
1: That's exactly
0: where we have to be. And that's exactly where, if we're honest with ourselves, that's where we are right now. We have been living the life of a beggar. Begging God. Begging the Lord to help us day by day. And the Lord has been faithful day by day. Supplying whatever need. Satisfying whatever need. Bringing us through whatever storm. Every time we've sought him. So when you wake up tomorrow morning. And when you leave here tonight, the main emphasis of the psalmist is, don't leave here like you don't have a reason to praise the Lord. Matter of fact, the psalmist, he is inclusive, or let's see, exclusive in verse 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I mean, this is to say that if anybody should understand how good God has been, it's it's the redeemed. But... Really, in verses 8 and 15 and 21 and 31, it is inclusive. Oh, that men would praise the Lord. Really, this is, a, this is to say that all should praise the Lord. All, he deserves the praise of everyone. But at least he ought to be getting the praise from the redeemed. So let's not let our days go by as we're faithful to lift up our supplications as we're faithful to fail the Lord, as we're faithful to make mistakes, we, we sing those songs prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it, prone to leave the God I love. We understand those things, but yet when we leave and wonder and we cry out to him, he's right to our side again. So let's not act like we don't have a reason to praise the Lord. We have so many reasons to praise the Lord in every aspect of our lives. Let's pray. Well, oh, gracious heavenly father, Lord, I give thanks to you for all that you've done, Lord. May we be, leave here being thankful. May we leave here praising you and magnifying you for all that you've done. Really, there's not a portion of our life where you've not been faithful. There's not a, a, a moment in our life that has ever remained untouched from you. Lord, I pray that we leave here praising you, thanking you, thanking you every moment of the day for what you've been to us. More than we deserve. We give thanks to you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name, amen.